Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Really uh, grateful to God. Um, as I was thinking of my, my own testimony coming in this morning and the, the uh, the wonderful interactions I've had with God the Holy Spirit throughout the years and the way he's done this. I just want to say to you all again, I have to say this for me, but I want you to hear it. His loving kindness has been better than life. God has shown his loving kindness to me over and over and over and over and over again. And when I didn't even know him, he loved me. Before I knew how to call on his name, he loved me. I have that testimony that I am loved of God. And he rescued me, and he rescued me. And then he rescued me again. And he didn't just rescue me from the world or wickedness. He rescued me from me. And he rescued me from what was inside of my head and from the things that happened in my life. And he rescued me over and over and over again. And I've known nothing. I know some people say the Lord disciplines. And I don't know, he probably did me, but I tell you what, he always did it with loving kindness. He was so kind to me. So I'm God's favorite. And I have that testimony. And God has millions of favorites. But I know in my heart and my relationship with him, he has loved me. And I want that to be my story and my song this day. And I want you to hear it. And if I could sing it well, I would. But you wouldn't care for that. And then you go, who oh, he needs some loving kindness. So, uh, but he's been so, so sweet and so good to me. And uh, I don't know what the next couple of decades hold, but the the. The first 70 were wonderful, even when they were bad. <laughs> they were, they were, uh, you know, I remember this testimony too. I, I, this is so weird. It was so random. It just like went and got in my head, you know. It's one of those. Some of you will know this name and some of you won't. Uh, when we were doing ministry in India years ago, in the church that I was involved with years ago, we met this woman called Ama. And she got saved. And uh, when I got to interact with her, and I, the first time I heard her teach, which really wasn't, she wasn't that good a teacher. She was, she was just Ama. And she was old. I mean, I know I'm old now, but she was old, old. And she was very old at that time. And her, the message that she gave was, I was the donkey tied to a post. That he untied and rode in on. I just went, oh, I was just thinking about it this morning. I went, Lord, I've been such a donkey. <laughs> and tied to a post that I couldn't get free from. And you came and untied me and put a blanket over me and then rode me into town. And uh, maybe not to show me off to all the stallions, but you chose me. <laughs> incredible that God would choose you oh my gosh it's so phenomenal did you deserve it we can use the adjective oh no and yet he did he chose us 
before we ever chose him. Isn't that wonderful? That was free, and that's not the sermon today, because we're going to go back to 1 John. Can I bless your homes and your finances, please, and receive this? Lord, everybody that's here and everybody of New Day that can't be here, Lord, I put a blessing, a a fear-free zone over their sustenance, over the way you provide for them, how you make a way for them, that there would be no... uh, no shadow of doubt and no, what am I going to do next? But you would be there in such a way that their household knows the blessing of living in blessing. That they would know that and that you would set their hearts free. And then I ask for each one that you would show them how to give. How to give out of their abundance. How to give out of their lack. And that they would know how to bless somebody else. And we all receive that in your name. Amen. Good. We've been on a study in First John. And it's been intermittent because of the missing of the holidays. And then uh, missing of church because of weather. And I almost canceled this morning. I was so glad I didn't because I got to see Jacob. And if for no other reason... Jacob has been, he, he's in health care and he's been working and working and working and working and working. Way too many hours like all health care workers. But it just blessed me to see you this morning. So if no other reason to have church, it's you and I this morning, buddy. So welcome back. So, First John, we've been looking at uh, the issue of how And if we're New Covenant people and grace-filled people, what does it mean to practice being righteous, to actually learn to live and practice eternal life, eternal life living here? And so we had looked at in the practice of eternal life, we had looked at what it means to be righteous conscious instead of being sin conscious, but to actually be righteous conscious of our new identity. You have been made the righteousness of Christ. And then the second thing was about knowing God's love. And, and John writes about this. Oh, throughout First John, every chapter hits it about the love of God. And that that knowledge of the love of God goes beyond normal knowing. And we know the love that God has for us. We, we understand this and that that love can take us the distance. It can take us places by which we know that we are ter- eternal beings here. When I live in the love of God, I have no doubt about my eternity. When I live in fear, eternity starts to be a squishy thing and I start going, ah, when I was designed to live in relationship, which is eternal life. So the final thing that we're going to look at is really, I guess the best way to put it is uh, quality of life. Uh, What it means to live in God and in eternal life sets up a quality for me. We all qualify things. Okay, my life is, and you start filling in the blanks. My life looks like and then you start filling in the banks. Some people, you know, uh, dear diary. And you start, you start writing about your life. And you start recounting your days and doing that stuff. And it's really, God has so designed us 
to live in a new covenant that the quality of life goes beyond actually what we could what we said last week in reading Ephesians 3 what we could think or ask it goes beyond that and that's sort of where I in starting this morning that I have this testimony that I am loved of God and so if you look at it, in 2 Corinthians 1.20, the quality of life that happens to us happens through a new covenant. So abundant living then means to live in better promises. What is that? You know, you're always looking for a promise. Yes. We have this hope within us. We have a promise. Hebrews said that we're looking for a city whose maker is God. We all have that longing. That You see it in literature. So I was a literature major. So you see it in what's written throughout all humankind. They're, they're looking for that place. The place in the sun. or You're looking for that home. Uh, you're looking to go through an experience in life in which you feel full and fulfilled. And we long for that. The new covenant gave us that. God understood that. And then it makes sense of what J- John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave, and what did he give? His only son. That doesn't mean he loved us this much. It was a big love. No, it's the manner in which he established this that our heart could have a home. That we could know. We could know where we came from and where we're going to. Like many of you, I know where I came from. Now, some of us still carry shame with that. Um, Some of us carry scars from that. That's understandable. But in the midst of all that was God. And he was always there, always reaching out. Now, having lived this life a long time, I understand. I have have a deeper place in my heart of going, oh, it's sort of like sense-making. Oh, that meant that. And, oh, that was for that. Um, So often in, in the... Through the hardships, if you will, of life, we have this question, why did it go that way? Have you had those? Why, why did that have to happen? And then when you get time and distance from it, it's funny what it does, you start going, oh, because Ephesians 2 is really real. God has prepared good works for you to walk in. But it didn't say good circumstances. It said good works for you to walk in because you're his poem. You're his workmanship. Set and established. So we look at this. A quality of life, we begin to notice it more and more when we set our hearts on the fact that I'm in a new covenant with God. Now today, here's where I kick at some of our modern teachings again and especially because of our access to internet and a variety of different things too many and and hopefully here you know we won't get everything right that we'll make mistakes I'll make mistakes and everything but too often we live a mixture of being new covenant believers using old covenant principles to have a relationship with God 
Are you saying we should never read the Old Covenant? No, but they point to one thing. The promise of a new covenant. They're designed to point us, and, and Paul was clear in his teaching of that. He says, oh, all scripture is given by inspiration. That it moves us towards looking at the living word, Jesus Christ. All of it is designed for that. It's not designed to give us a methodology by which we understand God. We know God because of the new covenant. Because he first knew us. What do you mean by that? It's 2 Corinthians 1.20. So I think it's up there. Yep. For all of the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God. How? Through us. Okay. So got to put your thinking caps on a little bit. What does that mean? What does it mean to you? Is it saying that God says all of his promises are yes? You know we're going to be in class this morning and you're asking questions. If we don't think about these things, we pass them over. We look at them and it goes... And then we say, oh, I wish God would just speak to me. And he goes, I have... I sent my son. The yes and amen is our part to agree with what God has done. Instead of always looking for him to do the next thing, we forget to look at what he's already done and given us in his promised blessings. He did it. He did it. Oh God, that you would come. And he's going, I did. I did come. I, and I, not only he came, but he came and planted himself inside of us. His eternal blessing and his promise of a new covenant was made for you so that you would be his dwelling place. You, me, the, the place of God where he wants to reside. He chose you so much of today's modernness. What do you identify? I identify as the house of God where Jesus lives. That's who I am. It's who he made me to be. He now is inside. And because of that, it's the glory of God through us. So instead of me going on a journey to feel complete here by finding out what God's will, I have to turn that and go, I am God's will. You're God's will for Christ to be in you, to be here. And those promises that he gave are yes and amen. So who do I want to agree with? You think through and you, think, you go to... Uh, this is often taught in a weird way, but you go to Revelation and you're looking at the end and you find out in chapter 12 that it says this, and they overcame him, the evil one, by what? Word of our testimony, blood of the lamb, didn't love their lives unto death. What's the word of your testimony? What I did when we started. What I agree with. 
This is the word, Christ in me. He came and he captured me and I get to live the life I now live. Remember from last week, Galatians 2. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by how? Faith in believing in the Son of God. It's an amazing thing. Hebrews 8, 6, it's just, just this little, oh, it's this nugget. Here is this, in all of Hebrews, and all the things that it explains, and it explains a ton, but here is this diamond, this precious gem that's just sitting here. Speaking of Christ is chapters 5, 6, 7, and you get to 8. But now he, speaking of Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry. It's talking about the ministries of the, of the high priests. Inasmuch he is also a mediator of what? A better covenant, which was established on better promises. So what is a writer who's writing to Hebrews writing about? The scriptures that they know. So if you look at Ezekiel, prophet of God, and what are they looking for when they search for Ezekiel? The better promises, and they know now we have it numbered. They know it's found in Ezekiel 34 through 37. And in that, 54 times it speaks of what God will do. Not what they will do, not what they have to do to receive it, but what God will do. So he's referring here in Hebrews, there's a better promise. And that promise is found in Christ. He did it. You don't have to do something. You have to believe and receive something. And it changes your life. And it's based on better promises in that he will keep his word to himself. So the new covenant is a promise between father and son that is given to you as a gift. He did it. He kept every promise that God asked of him. And he kept every word and every obedience. And then he did it better. How did he do it better? He took your broken promises, your non-fulfillment, took that into himself, and in turn gave you a gift, which is life. He took every bit of our broken... This is a gospel. How much of it did he take? What do I have to learn in the process? Oh, you don't have to learn that. He took it. And here, here's a better promise. This quality of life you're designed to live in is actually worry-free, fear-free. If I mess up, he doesn't leave. If I do it wrong, he doesn't blame. It's, it's really, tell you what... <laughs> Now, you guys are only around me for a little while on Sunday morning. Yes, I act like this, just like this in my living room, in my family room. I get, I get fired up about this because he released me and brought me into better promises. Do you ever get down and like bluesy? Yeah, the weather makes me down. Getting sick makes me down. Going through some life and some scares get me down, but I keep coming back because this I know, there are better promises. Now when I look at it completely, I know some of you are very young and this is very 
I'm asking you to do something that's not easy. I'm asking you to believe for your whole life there's, there's something here more than your whole life. You have your life ahead of you. You do, but you have something better. You have Jesus ahead of you. You have promises that are going to come into your life and they are going to work such a thing that you will one day be just <clears throat> sort of like Lloyd and you're going to be an old guy or an old lady and you're going to look at some young people and you're going to go, oh, he never let me down. He never abandoned me. He never let me go. And even when everything was hell around me, there he was loving on me. And you will say that to others. So you think you're going to forget this, but you won't. Because the Holy Spirit's going to come remind you of it when you're 45 and 55 and 65. And he goes, oh, I didn't always understand everything he said, but I understood something. That's the better promises. It's all ahead of you. For each of us, the better promises are ahead. Look at 2 Peter 1.4, and this will make even more sense. Is this making sense? Give me a head nod. Are you tracking with me? Okay, good. Then we can move on. 2 Peter 1.4 puts it this way. He says, By which we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises. So he's referring to the same thing that the writer of Hebrews, I think that was Paul, did. He said that through these you may be what? partakers of what? The divine nature. What is the divine nature? What is the divine nature? I'm not going to go any further until you answer me. What is divine nature? It's the nature of God. It is God himself. You're a partaker of God. I he came in and my being was changed. Everything's changed about me. Listen, this is the better promises. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's a new operating system that was given to me. That's the gloriousness of the new covenant. In reading this, you have to remember where we started in 1 John. So we actually started at the end of 1 John, so I'm going to read that again. I'll try and read it slow because I get excited and then I go too fast. But here we go, okay? 1 John 5, I don't have it up there. Just receive it. We know that we are of God. Let me say it again. We know that we are of God. The Holy Spirit is in you. He bears witness to himself. And he tells you who you are. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now juxtapose that. Come back with me. Because I'm going to read some more of it. But come back with me first to what I just read in Second Peter. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The sway of the wicked one is on this world. There's a day coming when there's a new heaven 
and a new earth. And I'm not talking about end time doctrine. I'm talking about the promises of God. That there's a day coming when the earth gets redeemed. The day has come when the people are redeemed. There's a day coming when he sets his toe back on the earth in person. And it, and it changes. There's a new heaven and a new earth that comes. What will that be like? I have no idea, but it's built on better promises. I can't define it for you. I don't even know how. I've listened to people describe it to me. I'm going, nah, nah, no. If it's not better than that, I don't want it. If it's not beyond my scope of putting words to it to describe it to you, if it's not better than that, then it's not the word. Because it's better than that. If you will, and Paul said this about his journey to heaven, he said, I saw things that I can't tell you about. It's indescribable. Unbelievable. Beyond my scope of understanding currently. But the better promises are, I'm going to be there when it happens. And so will you. You're either an innie or an outie. He doesn't grade on a curve. You're either in Christ or you're out of Christ. And if you're in Christ, you don't have to worry about the end times. He is the end times. And he will bring you to a just end. That's his better promise. Is this making sense? Oh, we don't grab this. So listen to the rest. Of it. I'll do 1 John 5 again. Listen to it again. Connect the dots. These are all dots. We know that we're of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. I don't have to lie under its sway. The whole world does. And we know that the Son of God has come. Do you know that Jesus came? Yeah, he lives in me. We know this about ourselves. And has given us an understanding. Do you have an understanding? I wish I knew God better. Oh, you have an understanding. Start standing on those better promises. Is it wrong to tell God I want to know him more? No, it's glorious. But then like a guy in Jurassic Park said, hang on to your seats. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw the trigger on this thing. I'm gonna, you remember that? Do you remember Jurassic Park? The guy shoves it up back into power. And we know... And I have an understanding, and that's more than I could think or ask for. And it's the better promises because it's based on a better covenant. I will do it, says God. He has given us an understanding, listen to this, that we may know him. What's my purpose in life to know God? There's got to be something better than that. There isn't anything better than that. Well, yeah, but what's my purpose? To know God. But what am I going to do? Know God. How am I going to act? Know God. Every right choice you have made or ever will make was because of God. Why? Because you know him. Is that true of everyone? Nope. It's not. I'm not better than them. I'm different than them. I know God. And therefore, I live in better promises. And that we may know him who is true. 
and in His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. So everything I've said it to you from the time I began this morning up until right now was eternal life. Every time you lift the weakest of your prayers that go, oh, help God, is eternal life. Every time you are able to make a strong supplication and your faith is there and you go, I know God heard me, is eternal life. You're interacting with the one who lives in you. And we know him. I 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 know him. Nobody can take that from me. They can throw you in jail. They can take everything away from you. They can strip you of your family and your goods and everything. Who is they? I don't know. Whoever is under the sway of the wicked one. But they cannot take the knowledge of God from you. How do you know that? From the saints that lived in it and testify it of before. They're often used in strange ways, but Corey Ten Boom in World War II. They took everything from her, but she knew God. She had this testimony that she lived in better promises. And through that, she was able to forgive those that had done it to her. That's stunning. That takes God. She knew God and nobody could steal it from her. This is such a precious thing. Nobody can ever take this from you. You can't give it away. Did they lose their salvation? How? How? God did it. How did they lose their salvation? They might suffer in the sense of, why did I do that on the day they stand before him? I don't know how judgment works. I actually don't want to know. I live in the better promises. And I've already been judged in Christ. So how does he do these things? I don't know, but I don't want to suffer loss. I want the yes and amen. So, if we live there, if we do there, then grace is a means of living in better promises. I don't understand grace. You don't have to receive it. We have men who try to define grace and they do a good job. They're not doing horrible jobs. I have some authors uh, that understand grace, but I want you to hear the passage that was designed to give us to live in better promises, the abundant life that I just talked about. Now, this is found in the book of Romans. Imagine that, me quoting Romans. You're all supposed to have an awkward laugh right there. Thank you. Dramatic pause. Romans 5, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness. Now remember what we've been talking about. To eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's not talking about the future. He's talking about the now. Grace reigns in eternal life now. I have this now. I reign now. Not on the when it's all over with. 
now, where it's here. So let me close with this. This is what Paul Ellis wrote. And just hear it again this morning. Lloyd, you talk so much about grace. Not enough. Not enough. Because we have it now in order to reign. Paul Ellis writes this. Grace is what the unconditional love of God looks like from our side in this temporal life. God is love, and love that stoops down is called grace. Grace is the love of God reaching down and gathering you in his arms. Grace is God's loving kindness towards you. Grace is God blessing you with himself for no other reason than it pleases him to do so. Grace is the confident assurance that with God on your side, you can't lose. Grace is his strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Grace is freedom from sin, guilt, and condemnation. Grace is freedom from the need to prove yourself. Grace is divine permission to be who God made you to be. Grace is heaven's cure for the world's woes. Grace is the power of God that turns sinners into saints, haters into lovers, and orphans into sons. Grace is being adopted into the family of God. Grace is realizing you are a dearly loved child, the apple of your father's eyes, and a co-heir with his son, Christ. Grace is God honoring us with his presence. Grace is God with us. Grace is the adventure of life shared with Christ. Give him everything. That's how you reign in grace. Give it every high moment, every low moment. Give it all to him. And the grace of God will come abundantly to your heart. If you want to seek something greater from God, ask for more grace. It's, it's a never-ending supply. But you haven't defined it. You just described it. Yes, I know. Because grace can only be defined by two words. Jesus Christ. He is grace. He is grace. He's grace to you and grace to me. And I can reign in life in that grace. I can't. So, what are you imagining? What are you going through right now? What do you see that's dragging you down? What's got a hold of you and you wish it would let go? Where do you go when you're all alone with your own thoughts? There's a person I know that can become a place and that's Christ in you. He wants to be there with you in everything. In everything right now. Even with you when you don't like you. He will be there. It's better promises. I won't leave nor forsake you. This is extremely good news.
So I want to pray for us. God, grace us. Grace us with your grace. Grace us with your presence. Grace us with your understanding. Grace us with the knowledge of your love. Grace us with courage when fear seems to be on every side of me. Grace us with your future. Grace us with your past. Grace us with your presence and your presence. Grace us, God. Let abounding grace come into our hearts in such a way that we would understand that we have this perspective. Eternal life is knowing you. As I pray this, please say it inside of yourself with me. I know you, God. I know you. I know you. And you know me. You don't quit. It's your grace. It doesn't stop. It won't go away. I'm your favored one. And you will see me through this. And I can live eternally secure in the fact that you know me and I know you. And I am what Paul said. I am accepted in the beloved. Right now. Right here. Right now. pray for that to stay with us all all the time, all week, but all the time in this next journey in this next season in the name of Jesus Christ I pray now may the Lord bless you and keep you, Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You can go.